just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. Welcome back to the proper true yarn podcast, the show at which we extract the best and the wildest yarns from uh, the best people around the world. Uh, my name's Knuckles and in the studio today we have a... Uh, Long-term mate of mine, Bubba Tilly. He's one of Australia's leading jockeys. As a jockey, you get a brief of how you are expected to ride that horse? Yeah, so a trainer will tell you, like, would like to see you lead or I would like to see you in the first four or I'd like to see you go back. Like, you know, a trainer will say that to you because every horse is different. The best instructions I've ever got, I was apprenticed to Peter Moody. I was only young. I was 19. You know. not, a, not a bad child of a boy either, old Moods. No, Moods. I was, I was petrified. Um, my nan got me a gig with Moods and the advice he gave me was a good jockey don't need instructions and a bad one doesn't follow them. So you tell me which one you are. Yeah, right. And I, that, went, that, that still runs through my mind today. That's the best advice I've ever gotten in racing. Sure enough, I went out, butchered the first one, <laughs> won the next three for him. Yeah. And... Was a smooth sailing from there for a little bit, but yeah, I learned a lot of Pete. Um, that still runs through my head. A good jockey don't need instructions, and a bad one won't follow him. You show me who you are. Yeah, nice. That's fucking. That's unbelievable. And even like you said, mate, the, you have three minutes, three minutes to know literally what the fuck you're sitting on. Like you, it, you know, to then analyse. To do you ever think? Um, or look at, you know, not knowing or riding that horse before, you never look at the odds that you, of the horse you're sitting on or you just, you, you that's the analysation you go through once you saddle up? Nah, so a lot a lot goes into it. Um, like the horses don't know the prices, but you always look at the prices of a horse to know what's favourite, what's second favourite and what not to follow. Yeah. So you always get the 100 to 1 shots and you're like, I'm not following that. Yeah. So you do your form, you always like, like a lot of jockeys, a lot of punters will, a lot of bookmakers would say, will take a lot, like take $2 off a, off a horse because a certain jockey's riding it. I got told years ago when Pat Webster and I went to Roma or out there, the bookies would just drop it $2 because of our connection. Mm-hmm. And that's same as up north. You'll get, you'll get bookies, you know, myself on a, on a, on a, Ricky, Ricky Val, them two connections, they'll drop at two points when it should be up two points. Yeah. So you got to work out, is that horse worth following or if it's slow, you look at its form, you know, while looking at your horse and knowing, okay, I've got to get used to this horse, got to get to know this horse. But then you're also looking at 
12 other horses and looking at how they're cantering to the gates or how they're looking, yeah. how they're feeling to whether should I follow that person or not, yeah, it's, it's a mind-blowing game. And also you're sitting there waiting for half the time, you're waiting for a gap, you're waiting, like you, you have to, you'd have to be pretty on the ball, mate, in all honesty to think, fuck, do I take this, now I've got to go. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of the yarns I've got for right <laughs> A couple of years ago, well, I lost me, lost me grandma three years ago. She was, she was a bread and butter of all, all of us. She was the best lady in the world. Like people would come in the child of all jockeys and on the bus, get in at, you know, remember that old Greyhound bus, get in yeah. at 4 a.m. in the morning. Used to pull up at the taxi rank and the um, Japanese jockeys would get out and say, oh, Ma Baker's house, Ma Baker's. The taxi driver said, yep, no worries. Let's, you know, take them there. And she was a big part of my life and she passed away in, in 2020. I, um, we buried her on a Thursday and I went back to Toowoomba Friday for the races and I rode the first winner for her and I put this horse where it shouldn't have ever went. Yeah, right. And I, they always say if a horse's head fits, its body will follow. Anyway, <laughs> I put this horse's head where it shouldn't have went. Anyway, busted through. Bolted in me first ride after Baron, then got a bit emotional, carried away, saluted. I ended up coming out winning the next four races. Rode yeah. the first four that night. Yeah, wow. And the last one I rode, same deal. There was two jockeys, apprentice girls, and they're the worst to follow. They're just and these girls. Why is it, why would you say that, mate? Like without being not sexist? being sexist or anything, mate. Like so, you, there is there is some girls that are unbelievable riders, but you get these apprentice girls. I want to be a jockey. I own a pony. You know, I've done pony club. Never ridden a race. I was like, I would love to ride quarter horses, stock horses, ponies all day, every day. These things are a different breed. These things are 500 kilos of just athletes. Like, it's like, it's like jumping on Conor McGregor's back and slapping him in the head and hanging on for the ride, you know? Like, <laughs> when they want to do something, you've got no control. And a lot yeah. of these girls... I've never ridden a racehorse. Like, don't get me wrong, like, there are some unbelievable... My fiance is probably better than me. Yep. But she's two foot nothing and weighs 38 kilos. That's why she give up. Yep. I'd follow her any day in a race because she was smart, she was wise, she knew where to go. But there was these two girls, they're actually not riding no more because once they're out of their apprenticeship, once you get rid of that claim, no one wants to use you. Yep. And I remember I had Kyle Wilson-Taylor, a real good rider, in Brizzy, won a group one the other day. He was outside me. I was third pair back the fence, boxed in. And actually, to be funny, Cole was on incentivise this night. The only time incentivise got beat yeah. was in Toowoomba this night. And he looked at me and he said, nah, you can have that one. And I've gone through the middle of these two girls that were wobbling around worse than a road train with three busted tyres. <laughs> and I just, I had me fiancé behind me and another friend behind me and all I heard was, yeah, he's fucked. That's all I heard because you can we talk like, you know, yeah, he's fucked. That's all I heard. And I've busted through this gap. Cole's gone around him and we've met up at the top of the straight and I've saved three lengths and he's gone around him and wasted three lengths. And when we pulled up, Cole looked at me and said, you are one mad fuck. That's all I got. And I just laughed and I said, yeah, it was hairy there for a bit, but I just jammed it in there and it was all good, boys. <laughs> and just jammed it in there between two female jockeys. Oh. I love it. 
But where it shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have been. And I, I held my breath for a long time, but I ended up riding. I think I went on a run in Toowoomba just after my nan died. I was on a mission. There's a lot of family feuds. I don't talk to a lot of uncles after my nan died, you know. That is all turned the other way on us. So I've gone out just to prove myself that I'm better than them. Yeah. You know, hold my head high. Because we all, you know, when, when Nan died, there was no referee no more. So it was just. The glue's gone. The glue's gone. And she was the only thing that was holding us together. And I don't care anymore. Like, you know, I've got, I know who got my back and she had it. And I just went out to prove my point. I went on a run there for a while. I think I rode four winners the first weekend. And then for the next four weeks in a row, I rode three winners in Toowoomba every single Saturday night. And I was getting a great go and it was, it, was, it was awesome. And um, just by being patient and just knowing when, the, when to press a button yep. and when not to press a button, that's the thing. If I went too soon, clip heels come down. If I went too late, the run's gone. So you just had to know when that gap was going to appear. And mind you, we're doing 60K an hour. <laughs> yeah. And you just think, oh, this is going to, I've got to go, got to go. Yeah. And... Yeah, no, it worked for a long time and had a lot of fun, won a lot of races in Toowoomba. Yeah, because you're talking, but talking before about um, jockeys speaking to each other mid-race. I, I, that was, I've actually never spoken to you to, about this before. You, like, you, do you have a bit of a yarn? Like, or, or like, like, like not, you know, like what do you got the next or whatever? Like it's like a... What sort of ch- – you only chat or banter about some mad fucking things that happen when you're talking to them? Yeah, there's a lot of banter. There's no yeah. like, what are you having for dinner? There's a lot yeah. of, what are you doing in there? Or The best I've ever heard was a bloke, Noel Kello, great jockey, and he's a larrikin, like, a larrikin. I nearly fell off my horse. I nearly literally <laughs> fell off my horse. Cruise along. Uh, it was a 1600, it might have been 2,000 metre race, and all I heard was – there's a rightless horse. There's a rightless horse. And, of course, you look around and he goes, sorry, it's a head on a stick. <laughs> and I, 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 I then clicked, I then clicked because outside him there was a shield, like young apprentice, like I said, not riding now because once you lose your claim, they don't get a go. She was going around three deep at the wrong time. And then I heard, a rightless horse, a rightless horse. And I panicked because I thought someone fell off. I looked over, he goes, ah, sorry, it's a head on a, it's a, head on a stick, he reckons. <laughs> Fuck me. And um, I, just, I just started laughing, <laughs> lost concentration. I was like, lucky I had a thousand metres ago otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the best I heard. Mid-race, mid-race. Yeah, right. And um, it, can you hear stuff clearly there, mate? Like when I know you, like he's a fucking, like the pounding and the hoofs, like... You know, you've got adrenaline, you, you, you're in the zone yourself. But as far as like, you know, and you're not obviously yelling at the bloke beside you, but you can obviously hear it enough clear. Like Everything's cl- basically clear. Like, yeah. like you can hear, you can hear clearly. We, we do go stubborn out there. We do get tunnel vision and not like, yeah, you get tunnel vision, but you can hear a lot of things clearly. Yeah, right. You know, um, and we're like, we're out there to win, but we're also out there to make sure everyone comes home safe. Like, definitely. If old mate's behind me in trouble, he if, like, like I said before, like, it's like slapping McConnor McGregor in the head when they when they explode. You got no control. There's no control, 
And um, been a few times there I've looked after. Actually, not long ago, um, one of the riders up north, Ryan Wiggins, his horse was out of control back inside and he had nowhere to go and he's got in between in a very, very, very bad spot and I've just rolled out and let him go. Otherwise, if I didn't let him go, he hits the turf. Like, you don't want – you want to see your colleagues come home safe. Definitely. You know, like, he he's – um. He was yelling at me like, sorry, Bubba, sorry, 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 let me out, let me in. I just, you know, rolled out and his horse was just charging, like charging mouth open and he's just gone out past me and I've just rolled back in. Yeah. You know, things are clear. Like don't get, don't be four horses behind me trying to say, <laughs> wait for me. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you're within, you know, directly behind me or directly inside, outside me, it's pretty clear. And that's the thing, like you said, mate, that the common goal is, and you'd like to hope to think that they would do that for you too, mate. It's some, like a horse goes fucking rogue and you're saying, hey, brass, you know, like, yeah, you'd like to think that that everyone's in, has that same mentality, mate. Like Definitely. Like a lot of people use it to their advantage and you pick up on that, like, there's been a lot of times we call it false advertisement. You know, yeah. they'll start screaming and you, you're like, oh, they're in trouble and roll out and they just take that spot and you're like, and, the, you know, they laugh about it. So, like, you know yourself when there's fear in someone's voice, yep. you know they're in trouble. But when it's someone pulling the piss like myself, I can do it. <laughs> like, I'll put my hand up. I've done it. Yeah. Especially to them apprentice, young, young apprentices coming through. Like, it's bad. It's very, very bad because one day when, like, it's like when you call wolf. Yeah. You know, one day you call Wolf when you need it, they're not going to open up, you know, and yeah. it's not going to end well for you. Yeah. What's the biggest fall you've had, mate, or the most you've been fucked up? Touch wood. Um, speed off a motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've only had, like, yeah, definitely touch wood. I've only ever had three falls in, in racing in a race. Well, I should, well, I've had three falls in a race, but the worst one I've ever done was Roma Cup. My first time I ever won a Roma Cup, um, won on on a horse of um, Matt Crops. I was on cloud nine. I went from the penthouse. I was like, you know, how good is this? Be first Roma Cup. I was twenty. So this is going to be great. Like that's just that was all my that was always my dream to win a Charleville Cup, win a Roma Cup. Anyway, the next race there was a race after the last. It was on one of my boss's horses. I've jumped. And he's over-jumped over and stumbled and it's just absolutely shit-whipped me to the Roma sand. And, like, literally shit-whipped. Head-bunnet, straight out of the gates, head-bunnet the sand, out cold. I was out for three, four minutes. I woke up in the back of the ambulance. The buried tenants thought I was gone. The buried tenants thought I was dead. I just never moved, never blinked. It was out cold. Anyway, woke up in the ambulance and I was like, where am I? What's going on? You know, shit. What just happened? Anyway, they got me in a neck brace and you know all the cautions, and they got the sirens going. I was like, Jesus Christ, where am I? What's going on? Look, got to the I ra- uh, got to the um, hospital. I'm you know laying in bed. and They got ice packs all over me because my temperature's through the roof because it's the old Roma Cup. 40, <laughs> 44 degrees. Oh, stinking. End of November. Anyway, I um. Finally come around and I'm laying in hospital thinking, what's today? Where am I? What's going on? Didn't have me phone, didn't, no one there. And next minute, 10 people walk in. 
my boss at the time, Pat Webster, his wife, his dad, one of my good mates, oh, two of my good mates and that. And I'm laying there, I couldn't. They got me, they got me duct taped from the eyebrows to the bed so I couldn't sit up because I don't know if you've ever put duct tape on your eyebrows, but I can guarantee you I went to sit up. I was like, oh, <laughs> yep. So I was laying there and they've, they've put this Roma cup on my chest and I was like, I won that. And they looked at me like I was silly. I was like, who's here? Like I had no idea, but that's probably my worst outcome in a fall. Yeah. I was out cold for a long time. And uh, off that, many injuries off that? Yeah, yeah, so that was my first one. I was only young and um, they always say, does it fall scare you? I don't remember any of mine. Yeah. Always been knocked out. Yeah. I went to, um, I was in Townsville. It was the last race. Um, I've missed a kick. This horse has missed a kick dearly. And I was like, oh, no. So I've gone back to the fence last in a full field of 14 in Ash Butler, real good North Queensland rider. He f- he fell in front of me and I remember just hitting him. I remember just hitting him hard. And I went over top of him and I've hit the ground. I broke my nose. The horse had kicked me in the head. I had 10 stitches in me, in me head and I've hit the ground. I've woken up and there's just blood everywhere. And I've sat up. And it's just pouring out of my nose. I couldn't lay down. I was trying to lay down. Couldn't lay down. I was just going everywhere. I remember looking across and seeing Ash not moving. I thought I killed him. Ash ended up coming out worse, but I, I ended up just with broken nose, broken pinky, which mind you, pinky killed. Yeah. Pinky killed. Every time you go to get your phone out of your pocket, you hit it and you start crying. <laughs> but um, that was probably the second worst one and I've had a couple little ones since. Um, I only had one three months ago. Hit the deck, I um, tore the tendon in between my thumb and my hand. So at the mm. moment, my thumb's not connected to my hand. Yeah, right. So I actually got to wear a brace when I ride. Yep. Uh, otherwise, my thumb, if I pull it back, my thumb can touch my arm. Fucking hell. So I've got to get that fixed, fixed in a couple of months. Yeah, and think that, that that doesn't affect the way you ride, obviously, because you, you braced up, everything's sweet. I've ridden 20 winners since I broke my hand. <laughs> so... A lot of people have actually said to me, if you ever take that brace off, we're never going to use you. Yeah, right. So um, that was in Townsville as well. So Townsville's not a real good place for me. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, no, I, um, I've ridden 20 winners, I think, in eight weeks of having that brace, and, that, and that's including a Rocky Cup. Yep, yep. What are um, any any down south sort of stuff you'd like to what, – what's your aspirations? Like I know you said about winning, winning a Roma Cup and a – Charleville Cup being like a southwest Queensland boy, but what what would be your ultimate fucking, you know, win apart from the Batuta Cup? A Birdsville Cup. Birdsville Cup. <laughs> Proper. <laughs> Proper. Now, um, I would love, like, you know, like everyone says a Melbourne Cup. How good is this, a Melbourne Cup? I'm good friends with Glenn Boss and he's won three. And he said, mate, greatest feeling. He said, but the best feeling was winning an Everest. Yep. Like, I said, really? He said, the best feeling, winning an Everest. And um, then I got thinking, like, you know what? An Everest is, is unreal because not many people want it. Well, they've had five years of the Everest. Yeah. Like, that's unreal. Probably. I love to win an Everest. Um, I love to ride a winner in, in Sydney. I've never, never, never done any riding in Sydney. Okay. Um, I did spend eight months down at Penamudis. Uh, Probably the best spray I've ever got off a trainer was Moods. I had a lot of stopwatches thrown at me at track work. 
Had a lot of uh, gold tins. Nah, cigarettes and um, <laughs> stopwatches. Um, when I went down to him, I was only like I said, I was only young. I was nineteen. And there was two rules. Leslie or Les was my name. Bubba stayed at the Queensland border. Yeah, right. Second rule was not allowed to go near his daughters. That's fair enough. I did both of them because I was petrified of that man. <laughs> I did both of them. But that was, a, that was the two things he said to me. I had a great time in Melbourne, eight months, greatest time of my life. Met a lot of great people. I learnt, I think that was the foundation of who I am today. Um, but the greatest spray I've ever received from a trainer was off Peter. Was moods. Was moods. It was a, <clears throat> at Ararat. It was a maidener, over 2,000 metres. I sat three deep on it. Odds on favourite, sat three deep. I think the race, let's just say the race jumped at 2.36. I got a text message at 2.37 saying possibly the worst winning ride I've ever witnessed. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not ringing him. I'm not ringing him. <laughs> so I get in the car, not ringing him. I'm like shaking. And I lived at the office. Like I lived at the back of the office. I lived at the office. Oh, this ain't good. Coming the next day, and to make light of it, one of his old apprentices, Jake Duffy, comes cantering up the tunnel at Caulfield, holding this trophy. And I was first horse in the morning, 4 a.m., and I was just in front. I heard this little squeaky voice of Jake Duffy going, Oi, Moods, Moods, I can finally give the trophy up. And Moods has got the cigarette in his mouth at 4 a.m. He started laughing, he goes, Give it to the red-headed cunt there. He needs it. <laughs> and on it, it said, Mood's Worst Rides. Yeah, right. So they actually got a trophy. So Luke Nolan had it for years, they said. Luke Nolan had it for years. Beside me was Luke. Luke goes, don't worry, mate. You won't have it long. I think I had it three days. Regan Bayless put up a worse ride than me if he got his goggles on a heavy 10 on one, oh. on one of Mood's. They actually, yeah. Mood said to me, you got that trophy still? I said, yeah, he goes, give it to Regan. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got his goggles over 1,400 on a heavy 10. Fucking hell. So, nah, I had a lot of stopwatches. I remember, remember him saying, do you know where Highlands is? Highlands is a sportswear shop for race right, jockeys. I said, yeah. He said, go down and get a beeper because you can't count. <laughs> I said, oh, yes, sir. I said, I've got one, but I'll get another one. So I think I had three beepers on my head at one stage. And, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I was young and still learning and I think I was only riding 12 months and I was in, you know, kid never left Charleville and yep. here I am in, on the biggest stage, you know, of Australia. With with one of the best trainers in Australia. With one of the best, well, yeah, the best trainer. The best trainer, mate. And, and it's, I'm just, I'm fucking so glad to see him back, mate. He's a buddy, um, amazing man and I'm yeah, thinking... Take the man out of Charleville, but you can't take the Charleville out of the man. Like he's a fucking exactly for yeah. everything that he's done and accomplished in the, <clears throat> the racing industry. He still has the time of day for everyone, and um, yeah, he's just a fucking great man. Yeah, definitely. Like when I was down there, I met, like I said, I met a lot of great people. One of the greatest times I um when I was down there, I had my old boss Pat Webster. He goes, "We're coming down for Cox Plate Day," and you know yourself, Cox Plate Day is the best day of the year <laughs> to be in Melbourne. I said, yeah, yeah, when he's coming, they said, we fly in Friday for the Manicado on the Friday night. I said, sweet. I said, I'll pick you up from the airport. There was four of them and they're all, you know, they're all. Pat, Pat was the first bloke I went to to become an apprentice to him. His wife was my third grade teacher. 
Yeah. So she's a reason I can't count and she's a reason I'm not real good at spelling because <laughs> we all knew that I had one one life, one thing in life and that was going to be a jockey, like walk around 28 kilos at the age of 10, like yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. but, um, all I, dick and ribs. Yeah, so I picked them up and I said, what do you just want to do? I said, you can't check in until 2 o'clock, it's 9am. Take us for a tour. So right, I'll take us for a tour. And, of course, I've just come from Charleville and St George. I've got this big... Know, SR5, Toyota Hilux, big five-post tough ball bar in the city of Melbourne, driving around and doing this box turn and I got, this, got my phone up on the dash and said, turn right. So I'm in the left lane and one of the boys in the back said, we're turning right here. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in the left lane. I said, yeah, yeah, leave it. It's all good. He goes, what are you doing? And the old arrow turned green. I was just wheeled across, you know, six lanes of highway and I've never seen grown men before. <laughs> Grab everything possible. They're like, oh, like, it's called a box turn, boys. Settle the old down. hook turn. The old hook turn. Anyway, they're like, I've never seen blokes go white. Like, 35 <laughs> year old men just, you know, grab hold. What are you talking about? We're in a, we're in a Hilux, you know. We go where we want. You know, took them into Moods as stables, you know, for a tour. We had some good horses at the time. There was Ladari, Brambles, Dissonant, you know. They all wanted to see him. I think. I think that was a year Ladari and Brambles um, run first and second in the Lexus. So we had a, you know, it was a really good group one win for them. And we went in, Moods is like, hey, boys, how are you? You know, Moods is, take them for a tour, you know, show them, show them the good horses, show them all the horses. Blah, blah. What are you doing for lunch? You know, Pete Bean, Pete. Oh, I don't know, nothing. Do you drink Forex? And, of course, all of them said that's all we drink. Oh, there's only one place where you get Forex, and that's at the Emerald Hotel. I'll see you there at 1.30. Sure enough. He said, you tell, the, you tell the owner that, you know, you're with me. So I've taken them through. We've gone down the Emerald about 12 o'clock for lunch and said, Mood said they're on, the Forex is on him. And he goes, this is the public. And he goes, you guys must be Queenslanders for sure. Yeah, how'd you know? Because there's only Queenslanders drink this shit. And he <laughs> put, a, put a pots in front of them with gold and away we went and had a good time and, I said to him, I said, oh, I'll come to the Medicato with you tonight and I'll go home. I've got to ride track work and I've got to go to Yarra Valley. You know, I wasn't good enough to ride at Mooney Valley, so I was going to Yarra Valley. Sure enough, one drink turned into two, two drinks turned into three, three drinks turned into three, I'm at the casino with the boys. I'm like, oh, I've got to go to work, boys, I've got to go. And they're like, you got to ride today? I said, yeah. I said, it'll win too. And these boys like, we ain't backing you. You've been sitting here at the blackjack table with us for five hours. You're nah. Sure enough, my ride comes around. They're broke. They've done their ass. They've done the big knucks. Got yeah. nothing left. They all had 100 bucks each. <laughs> one ride left in the tank. <laughs> the, I had one ride and they said, oh, they're all down to 100 bucks. What do we do? This back bubba, $21, got up. <laughs> and I've gone from Yarra Valley to Mooney Valley, running through the tunnel at Mooney Valley, watched the cocks plate. And when I got there, hadn't slept, went again all night. And I told him when I left him at 3.30 that morning, I said, I'm not dropping you to the airport, boys, you just get an Uber. <laughs> but uh, you could, like, well, they say you'd ride better when you're pissed. Yeah, right. 
but don't tell the stewards that. No. Because you've got no fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it anymore. That was no, bad was, back, that back was, apprentice days. I was, was 19 yeah. at that time. I'm yeah, like, I young, I've, dumb, silly. Yeah, no, I haven't done it many times. Yeah, don't. we don't do not condone drink riding on this podcast. That's one thing I do not condone, even though I've partaken it many times myself. Just remember, guys, call out. It's my shout. And keep left unless fucking overtaken. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.